Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Sparks in Action podcast. And this is your host, Donna Sherman. Today, I am so happy to introduce you to a very cool woman, a fellow citizen, who is a genuine spark in action in multiple ways. I'll start by saying that my guest, Karen Pignataro, is, among other things, a firefighter in Woodstock, New York. Yes, that Woodstock of rock and roll fame. So she, in fact, spends a good deal of her energy dealing with sparks. So here's a quick sketch of Karen's background. She grew up in Rhode Island. She has an MA in the history of art. She lived in Paris and Italy for periods. She ran a bookstore. She had a gig at the Smithsonian. She moved to upstate New York and began to manage an inn, which she still manages, and became a firefighter joining the Woodstock Fire Department at the age of 52. Since joining the fire department, Karen fell in love with the fire service. And since that time, she has taken numerous trainings and became both an interior firefighter and recently an EMT. I'd say this is a whole lot of service for the common good, and that's what this podcast is all about. Things ordinary citizens are doing that that uh, contribute to our common good and our well-being. So Karen fights the kind of sparks that could be a danger to people, places, and things. Uh, that said, she also acts as a spark in action by giving so much of herself to her community. So now I give you our guest today, Karen Pinataro. Welcome, Karen. Thank you for having me. Good morning, everyone. Or maybe it's really nice nice to have you. So thank you for being here. Sure. So there's a lot of directions we can go in. Um, But I would love to start by you talking about what this inner nudge was inside that brought you to the world of firefighting. Um, it's an interesting story. I, uh, you know, my dad was a volunteer firefighter, um, when I was growing up, but interestingly enough, I wasn't the one he took to the firehouse. So I really wasn't introduced that way. Although now that's a connection that I have with my dad. Um, I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I just wrote a little bio for, for our fire department, for our website and, and stated that, um, a lot of people who knew me growing up are just so surprised that I became a firefighter and an EMT, especially later in life, like I did in my 50s. Um, and I wouldn't have thought of myself as either one of those things. And now that I've been in service for four or five years, I can't imagine my life without it. I, I love it. Um, what got me here was, I guess you would call a kind of midlife crisis. Um, just kind of started to think about what I was doing with my life, how I could serve my community. I, I, I even felt I kind of led a kind of selfish life. I kind of worked and I went trail running and that was it and had my dog. So, um, a friend of mine was in the volunteer fire service in Woodstock suggested it to me. I laughed it off and said, yeah, no, that's not really me. Cause we sort of think of ourselves in boxes 
And then I thought, no, you know what? Let me just check it out. So I joined thinking I love to cook. I love to clean and not even, you know, putting myself in a box as a female, but just, I was older. I didn't really plan on getting involved in actual firefighting, but to do certain tasks, you, you take the introductory course, which is basic exterior firefighting operations. It's called BFO. It's pretty extensive training and you learn all about outside the fire and how you can help. And I thought that's cool for me, but I, I quickly got the bug. Um, and I was pretty strong. I'm pretty fit. So I just continued on from there. And I'm now I'm a Lieutenant in the Woodstock fire department. So second, lieutenant, <laughs> and I love it. I love it. And then the EMT came a little bit after that. Um, I never, okay, I never saw myself as an interior firefighter. Then I never thought of myself as an emergency medical technician. Um, but in today's world, especially in small communities like ours, more and more of the calls are medical versus fire. Um, buildings are safer, people are more, you know, have their smoke detectors, all this kind of stuff. So there are less fires, but it's a lot more medical. So I decided that I should get that training to, to help out. And I just finished that. And it's, it's very rewarding. It's just rewarding work. It really is. Well, so, so I love that initially, you know, you realize you, you know, like we all do, we sort of think of ourselves in these little boxes, you know, I don't do that. I like a foreclosure. Right. That's not me. And then here you are, like, you're, you're all over this. You are like, you are like, steeped in it and that's that's just so so great it's such a testament to how life uh when we stay open and curious becomes this like beautiful evolution of uh things we perhaps can't imagine so i would love to know like when you say you love it like i can see folks you know we're on we're on screen you're not going to see her face but i can see how how lit up, and I don't mean to overdo the metaphor of sparks, but she really is lit up, folks, okay? Um, her face becomes when talking about this. So what I would love to hear from you is, what exactly do you love about it? There's got, you know, like what precisely is what gets you? Where's that hook? I think, you know, I've always been, um, I've always been, I don't know how to describe it. You know, I, I love to help. It's just kind of my thing. I mean, that's why I was a really good innkeeper. I'm, I relate really well to people. I love helping. I love solving problems. Um, and in the fire service and EMT, you really are going to someone's, you know, they call 911. It's most likely one of their worst days. And you get to be of service and try and make that day you know, try and lessen whatever's going on. So it's, it's, it's really kind of a call that you, I think when you join, it's, it's a whole different world, especially for someone like me. I didn't know anything about, you know, a fire truck or the tools that you use. And it, so it was like a huge, uh, it was like learning a new language, but the challenge of it, I always like a challenge and the, the uh the honor basically to be of service i i really i i just i don't know it just gives me an incredible feeling um that i can help out in a way that um can you know 
hopefully make someone's day go a little bit better, regardless yeah. of what the emergency is. Uh, I've never, well, no, I had called 911. So I think when you do and you see these people show up, that also changes. I, I had, interestingly enough, I had a fire um, now, I think it's been like 15 or 20 years ago, and it's a very, very traumatic thing. It's, um, it that really a is. Was that here? Yeah, it was in my house. Wow. So, uh, and a lot of people thought, oh, is that why you joined? And I was like, no, not at all. <laughs> I just, it's, you know, I wasn't thinking about that when I joined, but I, I do know firsthand that that sort of, um, you know, desperate call and to commit yourself to the training and the discipline to be able to show up to do that is, is an honor. You know, the fire service is a really special, special place. I don't know. There's no other way to describe it. And again, when I first rejected the idea, it was because, oh, that's a certain type, you know, of person, but it's all types of people. It's, and everybody brings their talent and their uh, skills to the fire ground, to the call, to, to make it better. So, and, and you really learn about teamwork and, and accountability and, and yeah, just doing the right thing, basically. You know, and you just mentioned something that I wanted to touch on with you, which is like teamwork and accountability. I mean, mm. you literally are, you talk about having each other's back. I mean, yeah. aside from the task at hand, whatever accident, whatever fire you're dealing with, you also have your own safety and your fellow firefighters safety uh, to be aware of. So I would imagine that the bonds grow pretty strong. And I wanted to ask you to talk a little bit about both the training uh, that because I uh, I want my listeners to know that I visited Karen at the at her the fire station in Woodstock and she walked me through a little bit of what it takes to put on that I don't know if you call it a uniform but your your gear 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 not a uniform it's gear um, I saw her I you know put on her gear I think it took like uh, two minutes of video shot you know? <laughs> maybe I can get a little few seconds of it up on here when I. Well, that's not going to work, but, um, and, you know, you showed me also that loft where you do all the training, the heights training and all that. So mm -hmm. if you would talk a little bit about the training, the preparation, uh, what that was like, both on a physical level and what that was like on a, what that was like on a psychological level and, and fears that you, I'm guessing must've encountered through the training. Right. It's, you know, I took it a step at a time and always, uh, you know, said to myself, mostly because of my age, um, what, you know, whatever I was comfortable doing and wherever I'm going to be of most help. Um, after BFO, I, which is the basic exterior firefighting, um, I talked to my uh, instructor about moving on because I really, as I said, caught the bug and wanted to move on. And I said to him, you know, listen, I'm a 50 something year old woman. Do you think it's realistic? And he said, you know what? You did awesome. You're in great shape. You're capable. 
go for it, you know? And I think that's the thing every firefighter, regardless of your age, regardless of your gender, regardless of anything, you constantly have to be aware of the physical demands mm-hmm. and your ability to meet them. Because when you can't, it's time for you to do something else. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to get quicker to driving a fire truck and not doing interior firefighting than, you know, the 20-year-olds because that my interior work is going to be limited. You know, I, I, will I do it till I'm 60? I don't know. Every day and every training that I go through, I assess myself, you know, we get annual physicals, we get annual fit tests for our SCBA. Um, yeah. Cause it's really serious. You go in a building, you've got a partner, you're responsible for each other's life. Right. And rescuing someone if they're, you know, all of that stuff. So it's, it's a lot of training. It's a lot of rigorous training. It's, you know, there's, interior and then there's just more classes you can take as you go along and you should be doing those um because that's what keeps your skills up that's what keeps you fit at in woodstock we've started a physical fitness program um that's becoming a big thing in the fire service now you know we don't sit around and drink beer (laughs) we just don't it's really now about being fit and and you know staying fit and and having the the strength and the both the mental and the physical ability to do this arduous dangerous task um i love that challenge i i will do it until i decide that it's or somebody else decides you know but myself decide that okay it's time for me to maybe help in another way there's so many different jobs that you can do in the fire service Honestly, I do regret if I joined when I was 16, I'd be like, oh, I would have had such a career. But after this, I can learn how to drive a fire truck, which is just as important as going in a building mm-hmm. because the truck has to get there. It has to be parked, right? It has to, you have to pump the water. You have to get the water to the firefighters. Every single task on the fire ground is just paramount to making things work. So, yeah. <laughs> multiple people becoming like a single organism, you know, working in like this amazing unison to to get the job done. And you said something, Karen, that I also want to pick up on, which is you um, talked about liking the challenge. And I was wondering, since I happen to know you're a trail runner and I know you, originally I met you from that community, not because I'm a trail runner, people, I'm a hiker, but I know a lot of trail runners. (laughs) Um, So... How how has that, is there a relationship between the two in terms of the mental training and the physical training? Yeah, endurance. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of what helped me uh, do as well as I did in the fire service and in the trainings is the um, endurance training that I did for long distance running, um, doing marathons. I had done one ultra before I had an injury and then had to stop. But that kind of, um discipline and endurance really transfers over so it's definitely helped me and that's one of the things that i try to bring to our physical fitness trainings for um our fire department we last year did something pretty incredible i'm going to brag a little bit but for 9 11 we got a team together in all of our, well, some of us, you could wear whatever you wanted to because it was quite difficult, but some of us wore entire gear, which weighs between 65 and 70 pounds. So all of our- Can you say that again so people can get that, how much your gear weighs? (laughs) 
I think it's like 65 to 70 when you put everything together. That's incredible. And that's helmet, gloves. And this is also the pack that we wear, the breathing apparatus, which is called SCBA. And we climbed Overlook Mountain because it, it in our gear, because it mimicked the number of stories that were climbed by the firefighters at the World Trade Center. Oh, wow. So, and as we did that, we read each name out of everyone who lost their life that day, both EMS and fire and police. And I forgot where I was going with that, but it, it um, I forgot what the question was. But anyway, it was just, it really brings home the, um, yeah, just the, the importance of staying fit, yeah. the importance of mental and um, physical endurance, because that's really what it, that's what it feels like sometimes climbing, you know, two and a half miles in a lot of gear. And that's such a, it's, it's more than a beautiful tribute to the 9-11 first responders because it's a, like it's an embodied tribute. Like you all got out there and you used your bodies. You, you know, you, you, you really did something that uh, represents the incredibly tough work and devotion that first responders show on a daily basis. Absolutely. So, wow, that's, that's quite a tribute, Karen. And I'll tell you, when I, you know, I do overlook a lot, I can usually go up and down in an hour. It took me two hours to get to the top in all my gear. I was like, step, step, step. It gives you an idea of... Was it a hot summer day? No, thank God. It was, okay. it, we did it on September 11th and it, and it can be oh, hard in September, but it was actually a beautiful, cool morning. So we loved that. So another question, um, just, you know, did you in this climate of um oftentimes i think sometimes we're very often looking for divisiveness and problems and very often these problems do need to be addressed around gender without a doubt right <laughs> um and i'm just wondering but sometimes they're not there and i'm just wondering did you you know did you feel that your gender in any way worked against you and you had to fight additional battles due to your gender and your age I think in my own head I did, interestingly enough. I never, I never, um, and I don't know if that's my conditioning because of the, you know, when I was born and my upbringing, but I think it was more my own feeling like I had to prove myself a little bit more and do a little bit more. I did not, I, I don't think I've really met any kind of resistance in the fire service where a lot of people have this image of, you know, it's a, it's a man's world. That's really radically changed. I mean, women started changing that in the seventies and they've been a big part of the fire service and EMS service since. Um, and so I think it was really my own, you know, but mm -hmm. yeah, I, um, I, I, you know, that was my own battle you know, or thinking I had to prove or do more. Um, you know, I never got that directly from anybody in my fire department at mm -hmm. all. And, and, you know, also since becoming a Lieutenant, um, and having somewhat of a position of authority and being in the chain of command, um, I, you know, I, people are very respectful. Yeah. Great which is great because you, you, you can have problems, but 
I'm pretty, I'm pretty fierce when I need to be. <laughs> good, good, yeah, I know you are. <laughs> uh, yeah, fierce is good. We've had those conversations. Uh, uh, so yeah, yeah, I think I was uh, reading somewhere that, but I don't know if the, the number's still accurate, that 7% of firefighters are women. Is that oh, maybe. Yeah. That low or just- still, that's still pretty, That seems kind of low, but I guess it's- Yeah, I don't know if that's so accurate, so. Yeah. So we're gonna, this is so great, Karen. We're going to have to wrap up fairly soon. And I wanted to ask you to, is there anything you would like our listeners to know about the fire service? If they might be interested in checking it out, what would you recommend they do? I think one of the things I'd like to just say is a lot of people, especially who, who live in our community and come up from New York City, are under the impression that uh, fire departments are paid. And uh, very few people realize that I think it's almost like 70% of the fire departments in the United States are volunteer, 100% volunteer. Um, so that's incredible just to think about, uh, you know, just it really is. So yeah. I, I encourage people to just check out their local fire department. There's always, um, there's educational programs. There's, there's opportunities to volunteer. There's opportunities to, to help out in a myriad of ways. And, um, yeah, that's what I, I, I mean, I'm so glad I did. And I went a certain path, but there are so many paths that, that you can do, even just to support them. And like at a call, we have a ladies auxiliary and it's not just ladies anymore, but it's still called that, but which is makeup of men and women who were firefighters maybe in their day, now are older and come to fires when we're there for eight hours and give us coffee and food and all that kind of stuff. There's, there's so much you can do to help out your local fire department. And most likely it's a hundred percent volunteer, which is, which is pretty impressive. It's very impressive. And I'm so glad you made that point. Yeah. I mean, you think about what firefighters are doing, you know, volunteering to walk into, you know, flames that's yeah and, that's and all the training that you do you do so much training to prepare yourself to yeah. do that it's all volunteer so yeah. definitely worth checking out absolutely well karen thank you so much for doing this and for shedding so much light on what it is to be a firefighter a firefighter in, in your community and all that you bring to it and how you got here and I want to say thank you for your service. I mean, I don't live in Woodstock. It doesn't matter. Thank you for your service. It's, it's really a beautiful thing. So if people, uh, is there a website you would direct people to about firefighting if they have more questions or anything they want to? Um, well, I think they can, you know, in their own community, you can just usually type in your fire department's name and their website or some sort of information will come up. Um, and for instance, in Woodstock, it's woodstockfiredepartment.org. And, you know, you, the public can go on and learn just even fire safety stuff. You can download information sheets about fire extinguishers, CO detectors, check out, you know, all that stuff. Right. Or you can learn how you can volunteer. So I, my suggestion is just type in your local fire department's name and, and a website of some sort should come up. Karen Pignataro, I thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks.